no, I shouldn't be forced to do things. And my mentor is there to sort of help me, guide me, think through certain things, but not really force me to do things. And I think that was very helpful for me with my mentees now. Welcome to your digital mentor. I'm Alice Matimba and I'm your host, coming from the Welcome Genome Campus Advanced Courses and Scientific Conferences. Today we'll be discussing how to establish and maintain a mentoring relationship. And joining me are two very special guests, Dr. Amel Guila, who coordinates a data science program for public health at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Dr. Pawen Debois, a researcher at the Clinical Research Unit of Nanoro in Burkina Faso. Well, welcome, Amel and Pawende. It's nice to have you here today. So we'd like to hear a bit more about yourself. So starting with you, Amel, can you tell us a bit more about your work? My name is Amel Guila. I am a bioinformatician. I coordinate a data science for a public health program in Africa, India, and Brazil for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I worked previously as part of HRA Bionet, a capacity building network for bioinformatics across Africa. So I was involved in a lot of bioinformatics trainings in the continent. I'm also involved in a couple of other activities related to open science in in reproducible science globally. So I was involved in running a few uh, programs related to that. And what about you, Pawende? Can you tell us a bit more about the research that you're doing in Burkina Faso? Hi, everyone. I'm Pawende Bois from Burkina Faso. I'm a researcher at the Clinical Research Unit of NANORO. I have two research focus areas, whereas uh, it's uh, human genetics and nutrition. I'm looking at genetic susceptibility to cardiometabolic disease in African population. We're trying to understand the genetics underpinning of uh, obesity, atherosclerosis, strokes, and other phenotypes. I'm also working on public health nutrition regarding trying to identify interventions to improve maternal and child health and nutrition. Oh, great. It sounds like you're all both doing very exciting stuff and also in very exciting fields in genomics and bioinformatics. Both of you are coming from Africa, different parts, but it's clear that you've obviously been working with people globally as it's become a global village in research. So I'll just start with the first question, which is going to shape the rest of the discussions today. What does mentorship mean to you? How has it shaped your careers? I'm going to start with Pawende because his early career just finished his PhD and starting an exciting new life. How would you say that mentorship has shaped your work and research? I think somehow mentorship has been quite important in my early career that in terms of mentorship, in terms of, uh, let's say, choosing a path, kind of identifying your focus, your goals that you want to achieve in your career and uh, working towards achieving all of those goals. So in terms of guidance and all of those, I think throughout the my early career, I think having someone that will be able to guide you, someone advise you to drag your attention back to the focus and to your goals and everything has been quite important for me. So when you were growing up, did you know that you had to choose a mentor that would help you with your career or did you just stumble into it? I think mentorship did come quite naturally so far because you're kind of growing and you're identifying people that you admire and then you're kind of trying to find out ways to approach them and to engage with them, to discuss with them. And I might say that for most of them, they kind of become a lot of friends, more friends for me in terms of mentorship and 
elders advancing the career and everything. So having a lot of exposure with them is somehow how I would say that I've been mentored. When I was doing quite a bit of research, I actually found it quite difficult to find like the ideal mentor. And I was wondering how, Amel, how you found this when you were doing your PhD studies and of course, post-PhD studies. I think the fact that I was able to discover that there is a difference between a mentor and a supervisor made a huge difference throughout my PhD and also after my PhD. And the fact that I understood that we can all connect with different people who can be our mentor at different stages or a mentor focusing on a different part of your career. I think that it was a very important point that really helped me go through quite difficult phases of my career. As I finished with my PhD, switched to a postdoc, and then my interests sort of started changing slowly. That was really very helpful. I also want to mention that I, I had a couple of mentors before even knowing what mentorship was. But then thinking about it now, I think it was great. And it was a great mentorship without even realizing it was a mentorship. So you did your PhD studies in, in France, was it? Correct. So I did my PhD studies in France. So I born and raised in Tunisia, studied in Tunisia until the end of college and then moved to France. So that move and switching to another field because I have a background in computer sciences and I was doing a PhD in bioinformatics. So moving to another field and coming from a slightly different background than everyone else in the lab was a little bit difficult for me. So having a mentor at that stage was really a key. And I didn't realize that it was a mentor. She was actually part of my PhD advisory committee, but we had lots of discussions and she's the, actually the one who offered to have these discussions, like non-official discussions, not necessarily related to the scientific work. So I suppose one of the things that we always maybe struggle with more, in, you know, in low and middle income countries, in particular in Africa, where they are probably fewer experts finding that right mentor and obviously you have different mentors. Pawinda, how have you worked around this? Because you've studied in Burkina Faso, you all studied in South Africa. How have you gone about finding mentors and working with them till now? I think as uh, Hamel mentioned, I think for starting, you know, making the difference between supervisor and a mentor is kind of a key when you're working in low and middle countries. Whereas let's say you have very few senior scientists or experts, you're more likely to turn out, let's say, having your supervisors being your mentor. Whereas I think it might confuse the student as well, and you as well, when you are growing in your career. Because I used to say that your supervisor, all supervisor, have a plan for this student. And those ones might not always overlap with the student's aspirations and everything. So as he's moving towards his career and he's growing, you know, making the difference, let's say he's allowing, let's say, to put the difference. And the relationship, a mentor is more helpful in terms of helping you identifying yourself building your own path more than the supervisor will try to build the path for you and want you to walk through this one. So yeah, it was kind of difficult, but yeah, one way or another, I managed to go through it. Was there someone who felt like they were just a natural fit? You know, obviously without saying their names, who, who was that? What characteristics did that person have for you, Pawende? Somebody who probably, it wasn't sort of looking for a mentor, it just kind of 
turned up into a natural fit for you? I wasn't really looking at it, but um, it was someone that was very open to some of the discussion that sometimes you cannot have with your supervisors. And then with time, you know, it's going through and it's moving forward. And then you realize that really the contribution that the person is making towards the path that you're building and towards yourself as growing in terms of researcher or early career researcher or students in terms of identifying how this thing is quite relevant. I think most of the time it's afterwards when you think about it that you're like, ah, yes, this guy has given really helpful in terms of mentoring me through We always talk about mentoring being something that's being beyond a supervisor and being somebody that you can talk to about anything. Obviously, that means you have to balance out between sort of your professional development and also your social, you know, social needs. How then do you balance that out, Amel? How have you managed to sort of have that kind of relationship with someone whom you can tell pretty much everything, but obviously also rely on them for your professional development? Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It was a little bit difficult, especially in an African setting in the beginning. I had a mentor the last few years and it's really worked pretty well and helped me a lot through the process, especially with making decisions when it comes to changing a little bit my, my career path. It was really helpful. But I think the day I realized she's a great person, a great scientist, and also had this very good personality in terms of managing, you know, a lot of people, big programs. But I think the day when I realized that I can have a personal-ish discussion with this person, it was really great. And I think I also accepted to be a little bit vulnerable and talk through things I struggle with. And then once you get to these types of discussion, you also discover that the other person is also, you know, a person, like a human being, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And you start talking through things we face and balancing you know life and work I think that that was really great so suppose you you know like connecting with with the other person quite often you need to have that feeling of vulnerability and being more open about yourself and that helps to bridge that gap and yeah exactly and I think the fact that you hear from a mentor that they also went through similar things or struggled at some stages of their careers, I think that was really helpful because it made me realize that not the only one struggling there, it's something common and we all have to go through quite bumpy paths to get wherever we want to get to, right? That's true. With the situation in Africa where we tend to pretty much look up to whoever, anyone whom we think knows more, you always look up to them. So there's always that barrier where you're not able to to feel free to say what you want. Did you experience that, Pawende, in terms of obviously your relationships with, you must have had obviously different mentors, but you must have also some experience with mentors where you didn't quite know how to gauge how your relationship would go? Yes, I might say looking up to someone, it's not, let's say, the best thing, let's say, when you have to engage in a mentorship relationship. Because somehow, you know, it's putting some a lot of barrier. And especially in Africa, there is a real hierarchy in terms of the society. You have elders, you have the bosses and everything. And there used to be so much, let's say, an environment that is like kind of putting people into boxes and everything. But I can say that I benefit, did benefit from a tendency to some changes in terms of the generation. Before us, 10 years or 15 years ahead, we started shifting the paradox in terms of the way that you're looking at 
people that are your supervisors or people that are your teachers. So there were more engagement between us and them than between them and their own supervisors. And I think this shifting in terms of the way that people have conception of the mentorship or of the relationship between a student and everything, I think did help a lot. Yeah, that helps with being, you know, having that openness and not fearing people just because they are much more experienced than you are. Yeah, so you're both very successful in your careers, I think. So what types of mentorships have you applied? So I know that you're both also working on this African Academy of Sciences virtual mentorship. How is that complementing your work or your careers? Uh, obviously, you still have other mentorships going on. How is that different and, you know, from the traditional types of mentoring that you've been receiving? I know that Amel is a mentor on, on that. I've experienced a couple of structured mentorship programs before. So I was part of a program called Tech Women. That is a program run by uh, the State Department in, in the U.S. And it basically connects women from low and middle income countries with women working in the technology field in Silicon Valley. But it was more around community work. So that was my very first formal mentoring experience. And it, and it was really great. I mean, it was in a very different setting because they bring women from Africa, and Middle East to the U.S. for five weeks. It was very structured. We had goals we work on to achieve. It wasn't scientific. It was more centered towards what we can do to give back to the community. And that was great and changed my life in so many ways. And then I myself started a mentorship program for young girls, and that was also different. So we had young girls that we mentored, and we sort of matched girls with mentors. But it was more about learning how to code and learning entrepreneurship skills, etc. But then I participated to the AIS uh, Structured Mentoring Program, which is more for scientists. And that was a very good, it is a very good experience because it's still ongoing because I found that it's teaching me a lot about my relationship with my mentors who are still my mentors right now. And it's allowing me to sort of think more about what I can ask for and what I cannot ask for. But it's also, I mean, the mentorship itself is teaching me a lot because my mentee and I have very informal discussions where we both share our experiences and learning. I'm learning a lot from her, like hearing her talk about things that she's doing or willing to do and having this sort of brainstorming discussions is very helpful for both of us, I think. I'm really enjoying it. So a structured program is, is good in terms of it allows you to have these uh, dedicated time slots to meet your mentor or your mentee. I, in the beginning, thought about structured mentorship as time-consuming, but it's the complete opposite. You learn a lot from that as well, isn't it? So Totally. In fact, you feel, uh, I suppose, Pawinder, you all probably feel the same, that you're not just a mentee, you're also a mentor, right? Because you're also mentoring other people. How does some of your relationships as a mentee help shape your relationships as a mentor? You obviously are mentoring other younger people. How does 
the other inform the other? Is this something that you've experienced and what, what can you say about that? It's a process where, as, let's say, from one side or the other one, you win. And as you're walking through, you try and kind of to, to replicate. And the good experiences that you have in terms of being a mentee, you're trying to replicate this experience towards your own mentees. So it's kind of a China in, in a circle. This is quite amazing because there is no one-size-fits-all somehow in terms of the relationship. Even though through structured program that I'm part of actually, I can say that we're walking out of the road or out of the path road because it's not something that is like written in stone. And the process and the way that we engage in, it's kind of leaving the room to initiatives. And it's quite balanced and I like this part of the thing. You've obviously talked about some of these behaviors that make a good mentoring relationship. What are some of the bad things, you know, the things that you, you might have experienced that you say, oh, this one is a bad mentor, not without mentioning any names, because obviously, like you said, these things are not set in stone and people may have challenges establishing and maintaining a relationship with someone. Is it something that you might have experienced before and, you know, how, how did you deal with it? Working with really young people is kind of always in such a way that, okay, you, you don't always know how to control them. There might be a lot of energy, there might be a lot of unknown things and keeping let's say, this educational part in the process is kind of, I think, is the key and to educate you have to communicate a lot to draw to attention when there might be something that's going wrong. From the mentee as well, you know, drawing to the attention of the mentor that, okay, no, uh, I think this, 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 and there is always a way to enter in a positive conflict, whereas something good is coming out of it in a conflict, whereas the relationship is getting deteriorating and everything. So if I get you right, because to avoid sort of a witch hunt, uh, Amel, would you agree that there's no such thing as a as a bad mentor or mentee? Yeah. Totally agree. And I want to echo what Paluande just said, like when we mentor young people, there are some important things, especially the very youngest, there are some important things that we think that they're obvious, but they're not. Like when I was running this mentorship program for young girls who are between 10 and 18, at some point we had to explain some, you know, very basic rules, like don't text your mentor after 8 p.m. or something <laughs> like that. Even if you're struggling, like there should be things you have to think about. But another thing that came to my mind when you mentioned a bad mentor, I mean, I don't want to say bad mentor or bad mentee. It's about the match, right? It's not the right match or the right fit for someone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I was in 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 a mentorship sort of relationship. It wasn't formal, but at some point I realized that the person was trying to really push me to make certain decisions. And when I did not agree, the person was not happy with that and was sort of trying to force that. I struggled a little bit with that for a few months at least and sort of feeling bad because I wasn't following her expectations. Talking to other people who became my mentors in a different way made me realize that no, I shouldn't be forced to do things. And my mentor is there to sort of help me, guide me, think through certain things, but not really force me to do things. And I think that was very helpful for me with my mentees now. I always keep in mind that I share my thoughts, but they're free to do wherever 
they want to do. So what's your most memorable mentoring experience, Pawende? Just in just a few words. The most memorable is um, a mentor that I have. That's it. I can say that this guy is my mentor since about 13 years now. Actually, we became associates. Yeah, that's uh, very successful. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really helped me walk through my own way, but wasn't necessarily let's say, pushing me towards him and towards the path he did, because actually he took a different path, I would say. But somehow, I think we uh, all threw it away, and until now, there is this thing of, you know, having very fruitful discussions, open discussions, talking about things that are happening, growing, how to grow in the career, and still now. I think it's a very, very good experience. Talking about being mentored and, and you know, a successful situation where you end up as associates, I have had very good mentors who, in the end, I feel like they pushed me away from them rather than towards them. So it's another phenomenon. Would you say that, Amel? I totally agree with this. I think my best mentorship experience is with someone who sort of pushed me away, pushed me away of my comfort zone and pushed me away to go to, I don't want to say a better opportunity, but it's a better fit for me at this stage of my career. I think that's great. I mean, it, it really helped me move because I was struggling a lot about making a big decision in terms of my career path, sort of switching from academia to program management, program coordination. And I think she was really very helpful in terms of pushing me away, but she's still my, my mentor. Oh, lovely. So we've had a very good discussion. You've told us a lot about your experiences, some very good, mostly good, and the experiences that you've had, how mentorship has shaped your career and also how you have learned either as a mentee or a mentor to inform whichever roles that you might end up in. And now we'll take a short break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is supported by Advanced Courses and Scientific Conferences, a program which develops and delivers training and conferences that span basic research, cutting-edge biomedicine and application of genomics in healthcare. Through engaging and networking, the events educate, inspire and transform careers worldwide. This episode is also supported by the Wellcome Sanger Institute. It undertakes large-scale research that forms the foundations of knowledge in biology and medicine. It uses the power of genome sequencing to understand and harness the information in DNA. The Sanger's discoveries are used to improve health and to understand life on Earth. This episode is also supported by social entrepreneurship to spur health. The SESH group uses crowdsourcing to enhance health and health research with a focus on low- and middle-income countries. So I've been thinking what, you know, what's mentorship all about and what does it mean? Particularly, you know, we are living in a global village. We're experiencing advanced technologies, reaching out to people more easily. But before I say what I've been thinking about, you know, mentorship and, you know, what, what phenomenon it brings to me, I just want to hear from you. So what, what's your philosophy about mentorship? What would you tell our younger scientists in, in research? What would you like to tell them? What would you like to say about mentorship, about finding mentors, about maintaining relationships? My advice is find a mentor quite early in the process. It's really 
crucial. It's very important to help pushing you out from your comfort zone. It is also a very good way to push you think about everything you're doing, everything you're involved in in a structured way. Because when you have to talk about these things with a mentor, you obviously spend time thinking about these things and trying to make decisions because you don't want to look bad when you talk with a mentor, right? You want to look as an organized person and a person who already thought through these things. So that was my experience and that was very helpful for me. Again, it is okay to be vulnerable. It is okay to talk about things that we struggle with. There are certain keys to be able to maintain a relationship with Respect of personal time is one thing and also respect of boundaries you and your mentor set in the very beginning. And this sort of happens naturally quite often. Like there are certain boundaries that you will realize they're there since the beginning and there are others, uh, there are certain limitations that will be built along the way. And I think the other advice is find many mentors. Like there could be mentors guiding you for your scientific research. There could be mentors guiding you and helping you think through career, different career stages and how to navigate the system. And there could be mentors for, you know, other soft skills or things that you want to do in your community. Yeah, I agree. And and Pawinda, what would you like to tell the young scientists, young researchers, um, especially, you know, uh, as an African, we know how complicated it can be just finding somebody who can guide you. What would you like to say to young researchers? Mentorship is quite important and helpful, obviously. And I will resonate on what Amel just said. Find as many as mentors as you can. There's not too much in all of those things. And the type of relationship and with each mentorship, the relationship is quite special. And the contribution that it will have, the young scientist will be tremendous. Combining all of those views and all of those contributions of people towards building yourself, I think it's really helpful. It will provide you with a lot of insights and with a good foundation to build your career and your life. Absolutely. You know, just uh, rounding up, I think as we are and where we sit right now, if you ever get an, a, an opportunity to be mentored and to be mentored well, my philosophy is pay it forward. Pass on what you've learned to the next person. So hopefully they can pass it on to the next person. And I can see that you're both actually doing that. You definitely benefited from good mentorship programs and I hope that other people can be able to relate to your experiences. I just want to, you know, maybe just in three words, just three happy words that you can say about mentorship. Amazing, challenging and support. And Pawanda? Inspire, guide and enjoy. Well, that's really exciting, everyone. Do you have any questions for me now that we're coming to the end uh, or for each other? Anything else that you think might be interesting to discuss? Yeah, I just want to add like a quick maybe advice. There is no harm to ask someone to be your mentor. There's nothing wrong in doing that. I think in our African settings and African culture, we tend to spend a lot of time thinking about, oh, should should I ask that person? Should I approach that person? Oh, that person is very busy. But just 
ask. If it's a no, it's a no, no offense. It's the person is very busy and doesn't have time. But I found out that it is okay to ask and you might be surprised. Even the busiest person might end up being keen to spend time mentoring you and providing guidance. Absolutely. So just go out there and and ask. The least, the, the worst that can happen is they'll say no, right? Correct. <laughs> and that helps you to move on to the next yeah. person. And it's an experience. Hearing a no is also an experience. Yeah. So I hope you will both continue to to pass on what you know and to mentor more people. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have, you know, discussing these very important issues, but they seem to be overlooked, particularly among researchers in low and middle income countries. Thank you both for joining us. Please share with our listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Amel Guila, A-M-E-L-G-H-O-U-I-L-A. You can find me on Twitter at Romy Bois, R-O-M-Y-B-O-U-E. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Please follow us on Twitter at Mentor Podcast and listen to us on YouTube, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts at Your Digital Mentor. See you in two weeks. <laughs>